This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Okay, we call this the real threat to democracy. Big tech, the deep state, colluding with Democrats to thwart the will of the American people. And that's more than a threat to democracy. That actually would mean that democracy is dead. Now, it can come back, but I do believe after 2016, they were so furious at the American people, they never wanted them to have that kind of power again and elect somebody like Donald Trump. So they take that responsibility away from us. Uh, That's how it seems to me right now. Now we can take it back and thank God for Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, is on our side here. So again, it's still kind of sinking in what happened on Friday night, how he, along with his good friend, the journalist Matt Taibbi, confirmed for the world what we suspected about Twitter, that they worked closely with the Biden team, with the FBI, with their friends in big tech to stifle any information that could be damaging to Joe Biden, to protect him and to do anything they could to hurt Donald Trump. It is astounding, their audacity. I do believe it's what happened. And uh, well, let's go through it. First of all, to reestablish what we knew about Twitter initially regarding that damning story of the laptop uh, and Hunter Biden. The New York Post had it first in the fall of 2020, Biden's secret emails. This is a great newspaper, the New York Post, the oldest newspaper in America. A big, big story. And big tech prevented Americans from sharing it with each other. They prevented the White House from discussing it. Yes, they did. They suspended the New York Post, the oldest newspaper in America. They prevented users from sharing that laptop story. And they knew, Twitter, that the material was not hacked. Now, we know all this thanks to... Elon Musk, because he now owns Twitter, he's turned over all the internal documents. He has them, and he's working with this uh, Taibi fellow, and they are making it known to the entire world. Let's go on. The most uh, recent revelations, we have this. Twitter executives knew they were helping and protecting Joe Biden. They feared they would be caught. The Biden team directed removal of specific users, and I think that's, uh, that's just the surface. There's so much here. And the FBI, they directly communicated with big tech saying, you better stay away from this Hunter Biden story. They falsely said it was Russia disinformation when they knew it was the real deal. Mark Zuckerberg, in a rare moment of candor, said as much. 
the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. Just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's like very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something Then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. Okay, so they used the FBI as a pretext, and the FBI knew what it was doing. Oh, boy, did they. Out to get Trump, because they had that hard drive. They had that laptop for maybe a year, something like that. Rudy Giuliani had another copy. These people, they suspended Kaylee McEnany's personal Twitter account. Not her personal, I'm sorry, her professional, her White House Twitter account. The White House press secretary was not able to communicate with the American people. They, this is totalitarian stuff. And this is totalitarian stuff. The fact that the fake news is not talking about this story. You know, those political junkies, Sunday morning shows, right? This is a big political story. However, you fall um, left, right, pro-Trump, anti-Trump. This is big. Not a word about it. Not a word about it. The FBI helped collude. They did collude with big tech to stop President Trump from getting uh, reelected. And what did they focus on? They focused on the latest outrageous thing Donald Trump said, but nothing about why he said it. And on Saturday, seemingly out of nowhere, called for the suspension of the Constitution as yet another attempt to overturn the 2020 election. This may seem a basic question, but all elected leaders uh, swear to uphold the Constitution. Does calling for its suspension... Uh, is, is that disqualifying for presidential candidate? It, I don't understand why it's so difficult to come out against someone who's for suspending the Constitution. Well, obviously, neither do I. And only a toxic dictator, a would-be dictator, would say we got to suspend the Constitution. Marianne, Doesn't make sense. They have absolutely no respect for the American people, and they think that we can't get information unless they tell us. Now, that ended a long, long time ago. There all mischaracterizing what happened. They're not telling you, actually, the full context. Isn't that what we need, right? Context, context and perspective. We're always getting warnings about tweets. Uh, they don't have sufficient context. And then what do they do? They badger every single guest, especially weak Republicans, about what did President Trump say? You must condemn him. Watch this. It goes on for 20 minutes. We condensed it, but this happened. Donald Trump was your nominee in 2016 and 2020. You voted for him mm -hmm. in 2016 and 2020. Now he's talking about suspending the Constitution. Can you support a candidate in 2024 who's for suspending the Constitution? Well, again, it, it's early. I think there's going to be a lot of people in the primary. Whoever the Republicans end up pick, I'll fall in behind because that's... Even if it's Donald Trump and he's called for suspending the Constitution? Well, again, I think it's going to be a big field. I don't think Donald Trump's going to clear out the field like he did in the 60s. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking you if he's the nominee, will you support him? Uh, I will support whoever the Republican nominee is. It's a remarkable statement. You just, you'd support a candidate who's come out for suspending the Constitution? Well, you know, he, he says a lot of things. Uh, you have to take them in context. And I can't be uh, really chasing every one of these crazy statements that come out about from any of these candidates at the moment. But, but that's an extraordinary statement. You can't come out against someone who's for suspending the Constitution? 
Well, first off, he has no ability to suspend the Constitution. Secondly, but he says he's for it. Well, you know, he says a lot of things. We're going to continue to move forward as a Republican majority and as a Republican conference. I don't see how you can move forward if your candidate is for suspending the Constitution, but thank you for your time this morning. <laughs> and it's going to go on like this. Every Republican who comes on, you must condemn what President Trump said. I will not condemn what President Trump said. In fact, well, look, let me, let me point out what's happening here. Donald Trump believes that he won the 2020 election. I happen to agree with him in large part. I think there were huge problems with that election, what we're learning right now. If you're Donald Trump, you can absolutely understand the way he feels. And it only happened to him. He's the victim here, actually. Yes, the millions of people who voted for him, but him especially. So what did he actually say about the Constitution? First of all, they didn't tell you this. They never tell you this, but everything else he said in this truth social uh, message. So. With the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? All right. Next, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Uh, our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. So there's actually no provision in the Constitution. If you find out there was massive fraud and perhaps the person in the White House doesn't belong there, how do you fix that? Do you set up a new system? Do you set up a new election? Do you wait two and a half, three years until the next election? You know, we do do things external to the Constitution all the time. I don't like it for the most part when it happens. Like for two years, we were all told we had to stay home and we had no choice. Remember when they closed down businesses? Remember when they arrested a man for opening his business? Was that in the Constitution? How about this woman who was arrested for going to Arby's and she would not wear her mask? Watch. Ma'am, put you? your hands behind your back. So uh, is this in the Constitution? You don't stop. That you must wear a mask when you go out for lunch. I don't think that's in the Constitution. How about drag queens reading to children in schools? I think that's a violation of my constitutional rights, even if it's not my kid. So there are a lot of things that happen outside the Constitution. And some are really, really bad. And some are supported by rhinos all over the place. You know who Judge Ludig is? Remember this guy, Judge Ludig? Uh, he hates Trump. And for some reason, he testified during the January 6th committee. Listen carefully. He was praised for this. Praised for advocating a suspension of the Constitution. Donald Trump and his allies and supporters... are a clear and present danger to American democracy. Supporters, that's us. Maybe you are, I am. We're a clear and present danger to American democracy. That is a loaded phrase. 
and it has legal ramifications and connotations. Let's put it up on the screen, please. Um, they've talked about this in Supreme Court rulings. Uh, the question in every case is whether the words used are used in such circumstances and are of such a nature as to create a clear and present danger that they will bring about the substantive evils that Congress has a right to prevent. What they're getting at here is that Congress could actually abridge constitutional rights. I don't like that, but that's what clear and present danger means. If you have one, you can throw out the Constitution to deal with it. Uh, next, please. A clear and present danger is commonly defined as a risk or threat to safety or other public interest that is serious and imminent, especially one that justifies limitation of a right, such as freedom of speech or press. Okay? Now, I don't like that. But holding an election, holding another election, I don't think he was serious about it. Obviously, it's very hard to do. But that's not a suppression of a right. That's not a suppression. That is basically an opportunity for everybody. All right? By the way, this guy, he was totally praised by the fake news for what he said here. What he said about Trump supporters being a clear and present danger. Judge Ludig's testimony is so very important. His presence here speaks very clearly to conservative Republicans, particularly to people in the legal community. So what makes Ludig's testimony even more compelling here is his stature in Republican circles and his connection to John Eastman. Uh, John Eastman was one of President Trump's lawyers who was advising him about opposing the electoral count on January 6th. So... Where are we? Well, after they were finished freaking out about that and taking it out of context and trying to basically make it another litmus test for Republicans, you must reject Donald Trump over this. Then they went back to the anti-Semitism. You must reject Trump over meeting with Kanye West for 20 minutes for a cup of coffee. Yes, that, that is unforgivable. And you must atone, you must condemn Donald Trump for even looking at Kanye West. Do you condemn the former president for meeting with anti-Semites, for entertaining anti-Semites and anti-Semitism? Mr. McCarthy, is there, is there a reason that you have yet to condemn the former president for having that dinner with the white supremacists? A few Republicans do condemn Trump, but most GOP leaders and potential 2024 rivals, again, choose silence over decency. Republicans refuse to condemn Trump's dinner with a white supremacist. What this means for the Georgia runoff and the future of the Republican Party. Kanye West. I mean, it happened so suddenly. He became the ultimate anti-Semite. Like, I still think of him primarily as a performer and as a very sick man. He's bipolar. His wife, Kim Kardashian, in February asked for compassion for him. We hate anti-Semitism. We condemn anti-Semitism, but we want people to get better. And Kanye is obviously very, very sick. And Kanye is not known for his thoughts on politics, is he? Right? He's a performer. But other people are known as philosophers. People like Malcolm X. Malcolm X. You know anything about Malcolm X? I'm not a fan. I picked up his autobiography once. Somebody recommended that I read it again. I don't think so. Listen to the way this guy talked. Always running around 
out here trying to make you get sympathetic for them. But you was a master at that. Make you shed crocodile tears over what happened to him in Germany. You tell him what happened to you right here. You haven't got no time to cry no tears for no Jews. It is Jews right here in Holland who run these whiskey stores that get you drunk. It is Jews that run these old run-down stores that sell you bad food. It is Jews who, who control the economy of Holland and use it for themselves and for the benefit of Israel. That's really disgusting stuff. I don't think I will read uh, Malcolm X's book. But you know who considers this his favorite book? Barack Obama. Only Malcolm X's autobiography seemed to offer something different. His repeated acts of self-creation spoke to me the blunt poetry of his words. His insistence on respect promised a new and uncompromising order, martial in its discipline forged through sheer force of will. All the other stuff, the talk of blue-eyed devils and apocalypse, was incidental to that program, I decided. Religious baggage that Malcolm himself seemed to have safely abandoned towards the end of his life. Well, uh, huh, that's, uh, that's a pretty strong endorsement. All the anti-white, anti-Jewish stuff, those are just incidentals. Later in life, much later, uh, Malcolm X walked away from all that. He died in 1965. He died a total radical. All right. Why doesn't the fake news ever point this out? It has been a good few weeks in the United States for anti-Semites and those who support Nazism, a sentence I never thought I would say. Politicians and others besmirch their memories by refusing to clearly condemn the evil. This and the tolerance of the evil ideology behind it is what apparently too many politicians in the United States are, are unable to muster the courage to condemn? Yes, too many politicians on the left. Too many politicians like Barack Obama. Too many politicians like the squad. These people are hardcore anti-Semites. This is part of their ideology. This is part of their belief. This is who they are. I want to go back to uh, Barack Obama. He was very fond of somebody named James Baldwin, uh, a writer, 20th century writer. And uh, I think he was a bit of a kook and a weirdo, but uh, people swear by him. Here's why I think he's a kook and a weirdo. A famous uh, essay he wrote for the New York Times, Negroes are anti-Semitic because they're anti-white. When we were growing up in Harlem, our demoralizing series of landlords were Jewish, and we hated them. Mm -hmm. uh, the grocer was a Jew. The butcher was a Jew. We bought our clothes from a Jew. The pawnbroker was a Jew. Perhaps we hated him most of all. Uh, I've read enough. Uh, now, how about you? But Barack Obama read this, and he liked it. In fact, when the African-American Museum opened in 2016 in Washington, D.C., Barack Obama spoke. And the first words out of his mouth was a quote of James Baldwin. James Baldwin once wrote, For while the tale of how we suffer and how we are delighted and how we may triumph is never new, it always must be heard. Whoever thought this guy was a good speaker, huh? Just so pompous. And now we know how much of his uh, rhetoric 
There was an underlying hatred. How about that, Jake? Maybe you should confront uh, Barack Obama about that one. Or Rashid Tlaib. You know, she said awful things about Israel. She does not support Israel. There she is with the long, dark hair to calling out Joe Biden. Look at Joe Biden. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of move is that? What kind of deferential sign is that? Later, he said what an admirer he was of her and her fighting parents there in the, in the West Bank. Very strange stuff. So uh, where are we overall? Um, we have the hottest story about political misinformation and suppression in a very long time, perhaps in history. The White House should really be in crisis mode right now because they had a hand in this fiasco. No, they're taking it nice and breezy. We see this as a, a, an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that, uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that, is a, that is a full of uh, old news, if you think about it. Uh, it was never news, actually. That's, that's the problem. You guys helped suppress it. It did not make the news. And history is repeating itself. Everyone's moving on, trying to at least. Next. At the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform. Uh, you know why there's so much anti-Semitism and hate and racism out there? Black Lives Matter and all of their allies. Ooh, so much, so much anti-Semitism, so much anti-capitalism, so much anti-family rhetoric and philosophy in that movement. That's why we're seeing it. And also the glorification of it. Too many people were afraid to say, you guys are crazy. Stop it. All the way up to guys like Mitt Romney, who didn't condemn it. <laughs> he joined it. What a joke. We'll be right back. So tomorrow is Election Day. Uh, well, they've had mail-in voting for weeks. But um, in Georgia, Herschel Walker, the Republican, versus Raphael Warnock, the Democrat. Look, uh, I'm pulling for Herschel. And Warnock, he's been the beneficiary of so much flattering, uncritical media coverage. And this guy has serious liabilities. I mean, the cops showed up at his house, and his crying wife accused him of running over her foot. This is body cam footage. This is a big deal. You know, all the stuff they said about Herschel was just stuff they said about Herschel. This is real world stuff. And that's his ex-wife talking to the cops. And he just starts backing the car up. And he wasn't going fast. Like, I'm not, I'm not bleeding, but I just can't believe he would run me over. Well, that, in addition to his radical left-wing agenda, I have no interest in Warnock, and I hope this woman has found peace. Wow, that's, uh, that's tough to watch. Meanwhile, Herschel Walker, yeah, he may not be the most polished guy, but you know what? Actually, he's terrific. And when it comes to tough uh, questions from the fake news, you know, they're always trying to trip you up. He's a pro. I mean, they sat down with him and badgered the hell out of him. He took it all in stride and handled himself very well. Turned it right around on that reporter. President Biden just said 
Inflation is going to get worse if Republicans are elected. What is your reaction and what specifically will you do to lower prices? Well, first of all, the reaction is inflation has gotten worse since they've been in office. And what will I do first? You want to get our energy independence back. That really is a long-term solution. What are you going to do in the short term? It's a long-term solution because they made it a long-term, because they wage war on it. Well, right now, we got to stop the reckless spending. I just, I love it. I love it. Is that, is that anchor woman, reporter, uh, economist? No. Herschel's doing great. And when they try to set up weird rules that he's supposed to follow, he says, no, I'm not playing your game. And we pressed Walker. Can he work with so Democrats? Ask, can you name one thing that President Biden has done that you support? One thing that he's done that I support. Mm. <sighs> he eat a lot of ice cream. Take a minute and think about it. Oh, Is geez. there one uh, thing? This is going to be a while. Well, you know, I agree with one thing, but he didn't do it. When he said he'll be a unifier, we saw that he wasn't that. He called uh, the opposite side names. Good luck, Herschel Walker. And this mail-in voting thing, I hear it's uh, on the up and up in Georgia. I hope so. I don't like it. I mean, election day. I like election day, not election season, election era. All right. Oh, that brings us to Arizona. We have not heard the last of the gubernatorial election in Arizona. Superstar Carrie Lake. I still find it hard to believe that she legitimately lost to Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs, who spent the campaign Joe Biden style hiding. And oh, by the way, she's in charge of administering the election as secretary of state. What a lot of folks are telling us is that they sabotaged Election Day. Uh, Printers uh, malfunctioned. uh, They didn't have enough ballots, all kinds of things. Democrats focused on voting early and Republicans wanted the vote day of. And it looks like they kind of more or less maybe tried to sabotage Election Day. If the tabulator goes down and they have to come to our poll center, you know what this means? It means that they're still checked in at another poll center and being forced to take provisional ballots, which are not being counted. We walked in to vote and they said, if you're voting Republican, I'm sorry, we have no ballots for you. But you can leave your phone number and if we get any, maybe we will be able to call you back. The machines actually misread my ballot about seven, eight different times. So I waited for them to the machine actually to accept it and then it ended up getting accepted. These are the machines that don't connect to the Internet. But they wouldn't connect to the Internet, so we couldn't, we couldn't start our day. Voters began to show up, and we started explaining to them what was going on. We had to tell them we had no way of checking them in. They could either wait for the problem to be resolved or go to another polling location to vote. The problem for these good people is they've got no allies. They shouldn't need them, but the media completely hostile. Uh, the Republican regime that's on its way out is totally, um, you know, of the rhino variety. So they're on their own. Not totally. We're thinking about them. I wish we could do something to help, but this sounds outrageous. If it were the other way around, the media would be all over this. Stay tuned, though. There may be some way we can help. All right. Is Kevin McCarthy going to be the next Speaker of the House of Representatives? Uh, Maybe he should be after all. I'll have more when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. 
From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Why did Hunter take so many pictures of himself and keep them on that laptop? Um, I guess in a weird way, that's his business. But those crazy emails documenting his very shady business practices and the possible involvement of his father, that's big news. And it made big news, but it should have been bigger. Remember, the New York Post broke the story of the Hunter Biden laptop in October of 2020. And what happened next? Well, it was kicked off of social media. We now know with a major assist from the FBI seemed to be colluding with the Biden campaign to minimize and reduce and even eradicate this story. Think about this. The press secretary to the president of the United States, Kaylee McEnany, had her account suspended because she tweeted that story. In America's oldest newspaper, the, the New York Post. Well, we are very grateful that Elon Musk now owns Twitter and he's turning over all the files, making it quite clear that Twitter knew what it was doing was wrong that they were working with Team Biden and the FBI to reduce this story and protect Joe Biden. But the person I think we have to be most grateful for is Rudy Giuliani. He's paid an enormous price for revealing the truth to the world, and his battle continues. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the show, and thank you very much. How are you, and what did you think of Friday night? I thought Friday night was a great was a great victory for our return. You know, it was a long road back still to free speech and the kind of America that we want to turn over to our children. I mean, we're losing it. We were losing the battle. Free speech is almost a thing of the past, as as you and I knew it. And uh, Musk, in one brilliant uh, maneuver, has kind of uh, reestablished it. Now we got to stick with it. I mean, um, it's going to be... Look, I've said this before, and we can't underestimate how evil and how conniving and how manipulative they are and how much of a hold they have on the on the establishment media. But I mean this should this should this should really get the rest of the story through. There's so much more on that computer and hard drive. Like for example, when they talk about, you know, there's a question about whether Joe Biden got money. There's no question. Hunter Biden explains it right on the hard drive in his own words. I gave my father 50% of my income for 30 years. Why did he give his father 50% of his income? Because unless you're an idiot, the money was for his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest crook in Ukraine is not paying it, Hunter Biden you know, $10 million. He's paying it to the vice president. Nor is uh, the Chinese government paying Hunter Biden $30 million. Uh, that's why half of it went to Pop, because it was to buy Pop's office. And Pop's been selling his office since he was a teeny little senator in Delaware. And they were selling it for five and ten grand with his brother. He went from a small town little crook yeah. to a world class con artist, and that's our president. That's Let me it. ask you and something, Mr. Mayor. We're grateful for your efforts. We're grateful for Elon Musk. But this suddenly does feel like a not suddenly, or it's been happening for a long time. But all at once now, you really can't say certain things in America. You are discouraged. You say it. I say it. But a lot of people don't. They look over their shoulder. They're afraid of getting in trouble with the boss, with uh, a colleague, with uh, who knows, your neighbor, social media. 
It doesn't feel like a free country anymore. And as grateful as I am for Elon Musk, <laughs> he's the richest man in the world. What if the right. richest man in the world tried to did something else on a whim? He's doing this a little bit. I don't know his motivation. I like the guy. But if he weren't here right now, we'd be in very big trouble. We used to be able to rely on the Constitution. Now we got to rely on this man, who I hope That's is a good a guy, good seems point, like a Rick. good guy. That's a very good point. We should, you know, you think about it. This should be a government of laws, not men. And we shouldn't have to rely on Elon Musk, you or me. We should rely on the Constitution. And uh, right now, we can't. We have to rebuild that. But at least this is a big step in that direction. And maybe it takes a guy that, you know, is invulnerable to a certain extent um, to, in order to do this. But I mean, even a lot of those people are afraid to do it. So I think we have to give him some, even a lot of people in his position would be afraid to do it because they want to be accepted. They want to be part of the cocktail party circuit. They want to, uh, you know, they want to be beloved or in the way in which uh, society wants to uh, uh, talk about what's politically correct. So uh, look, this is an opening now. Uh, people's ears are open. They're finding out more and more of them are finding out that the corruption is, is not about Hunter. It's never been about Hunter Biden. I, I knew it yeah. was about Joe Biden the day I saw the tape. Mr. Mayor, talking to the Council on Foreign Relations or the Atlantic Partnership or whatever that was. We got to run. It's about Joe Biden. We are so grateful to you. And check out uh, it's uh, Rudy. I'm sorry. Rudy Giuliani CS Common dot com. Great podcast and uh, great stuff and great service. We thank you, sir. Thank you, Greg. God bless you. You as well. And we'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. All I can say... Is, is that, that the, the fake news, news just, just doesn't, doesn't get, get it. it, do they? <laughs> All right, so uh, Kevin McCarthy. I'm not the biggest fan, but maybe he's got to be the speaker after all. Uh, look, he wobbled after January 6th. He's a career politician, not my cup of tea. But there are enough people in Washington who think he's good. He wants to put Jim Jordan at the head of the Judiciary Committee. That's great. And I heard the other night that there's a possibility that they'll make Fred Upton the speaker if this goes on for much longer. Now, he is a rhino Republican out of Michigan. He's actually retiring, but they could still make him the speaker. Look at that pose right out of the Sears Roebuck catalog, huh? Um, this guy should not be the speaker. And Democrats, they're playing mischief with some rhino Republicans, and this could happen. He voted for impeachment, and this is going to be the speaker? He won't let any of those investigations go forward. Just listen to the guy. I never questioned my vote. Uh, it was uh, never regretted my vote. It seemed pretty clear that he was trying to disrupt the counting of the electoral votes. You know, I have a conscience. Uh, I know that I did the right thing. I've never questioned my vote. Uh, and in fact, you know, as in, again, the January 6th commission, and they're not done yet, but I think their conclusion will show that, in fact, that the 10 of us that did vote to impeach the president, it was the right vote. It's got a Mr. Keebler vibe going. It can't be him. Look, Congress is complicated. They got these rules, traditions going back uh, 250 years. Kevin McCarthy, if it's got to be him, I don't think he's going to let us down on the investigations. And again, Jim Jordan will be the head of the Judiciary Committee. 
uh, a role that he was born for, and I think that could be pretty spectacular. I hope the House GOP knows what it's doing. All right, also this, Time Magazine, which still exists, believe it or not. Here are some of the people they're considering for uh, Time Person of the Year. These are the, these are the people under consideration. Elon Musk, I like that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but I will point this out. They sometimes make a bad guy the person of the year. In the late 70s, it was, uh, oh, 1980, it was Ayatollah Khomeini. They made Hitler the man of the year one year. Uh, so, well, she's not nearly as bad, of course, but I don't like her, and I think she's a negative force for the culture. Megan, Megan Markle should be the person of the year. Why? Because she epitomizes and exemplifies so much of what's wrong with the world right now. Her victimization complex and her monetization, making money out of being a victim, when obviously she's no victim. I think her example is a horrible one. And the hits keep rolling, though. <laughs> what does she have next? This is the Netflix show, uh, of course, about her and her, uh, you know, prince. It's really hard to look back on it now and go, what on earth happened? You hear that? That is the sound of hearts breaking all around the world. She's becoming a royal rock star. And then... Everything changed. There's a hierarchy of the family. All right. Yeah, there's leaking. Hey, it looked like a pretty sweet life to me that they were intent on ruining. Uh, but yeah, person of the year, it kind of makes sense. I'll be right back. Do you recognize this? It's Pennsylvania, which lately has been going blue in 2020 for Joe Biden and recently for Fetterman. And they really rely on deep blue Philadelphia, I've noticed. A couple of things have been going on there. Uh, going way back to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania's Constitution, you got to remember this. According to that document, there are two ways to vote, uh, in person or absentee with excuse. Absentee with excuse. Uh, it's right there in the Constitution. Now, you can change the Constitution, but that's complicated. Lawmakers about three years ago came out with something called Act 77. And uh, this said you could vote almost any old way you want, but they did not change the Constitution. Our next guest saw a big problem with that, and he sued, and he won, at least at the state court level, Doug McClinko, Bradford County, Pennsylvania commissioner and a voting rights activist. Uh, Doug, welcome to the program, and congratulations. You didn't like Act 77. You saw all kinds of problems with it. You sued and you won, at least at first. Tell us a little bit about that journey, if you don't mind. Well, it all started with Sean Parnell, who, in my opinion, is an American hero, and uh, an attorney about it, Wally Zimalong. And um, I told, uh, I got to be friends with Sean, and I told him, I said, you know, they passed Act 77, so your viewers understand it was passed before COVID. All but two Republicans voted for it. You know, so um, this nonsense that it had something to do with COVID, or it was just, you know, majority. No, it was all the Republicans, but two in the House and Senate. And I told uh, Sean how much I despised them for what they did to our Commonwealth and to the Republic. And that's where it started. He introduced me to Wally. And from there, uh, Wally did a terrific job at, uh, at, at fighting that battle and winning in Commonwealth Court with three, three uh, judges who were refreshing. They run on being constitutional, constitutionalists. You know what, Greg? They, uh, they are. 
So that's how it all started. We ended up in court. Wally knocked it out of the park. We won last January. Now, do me a favor. Explain to us how they did not realize themselves that Act 77 had big problems with it. Because I mentioned the Constitution of Pennsylvania. You can look it up. It's lengthy, but you can understand it. And it says, really in black and white, two ways to vote. Absentee, with excuse, or in person. Act 77 said you could vote for you could vote from wherever you want, whenever you want, however you want. It's in direct contradiction to the Constitution. How did they square that? How did they excuse that? Did they even try? No, they didn't try. And, you know, the fact that it's, you know, that it's hard to get the Constitution changed. It's, you had it up there. It's got to go through two sessions of Congress or the, um, the legislature. It's got to be voted on and it's got to be um, it's got to be advertised. Then it goes to the voters. They knew that. They didn't do it. This, when they changed Act 77, this was about Donald Trump. They thought he was going to take down the ticket, and they, uh, they, they passed a deal, or they made a deal with the Democrats on eliminating uh, straight party voting. And by doing that, they, they, they um, came up with Act 77, and I think they knew it was unconstitutional. And furthermore, Greg, they, the, in, in Pennsylvania, there's 67 counties. There's 67 different ways to vote in Pennsylvania. And um, so, but they never, not one legislature that I know of, it's a legislator, came to the Board of Elections, which is the county commissioners, met with us, the direct, the, the uh, election directors, never met with them. And by the way, since Act 77, because of Act 77, Pennsylvania has lost over half of its election directors and top deputies. They never talked to the, either committees, Republican or Democrat. They never talked to poll workers. Yeah. This arrogant legislature just jammed it down our throat. In my opinion, it started the minds of wrecking the Republican. We were mad about it. And it's just not me. It's many people in Pennsylvania. By the way, your job as county commissioner is to certify the votes at the county level. And the first thing they tried to do is say, you don't have standing. You have no business filing this lawsuit. The Commonwealth Court said he absolutely does for about 75 different reasons. All right. So the case goes up to the Supreme Court and you lose there five to two, uh, which I'm still shocked by. I don't understand it. And I actually don't understand why this won't go up or will it go up to the United States Supreme Court because it's cut and dried. The Commonwealth Constitution says you can vote in two ways. If you want to change the Constitution, you can, but you got to do all this stuff. Act 77, they just passed it. They didn't do all that stuff. And it's in violation of the Constitution. Why won't this go or will it go to the U.S. Supreme Court, please? According to Wally Zimelong, our attorney, who's terrific, um, it, it can't go up our suit. But my question is this, Greg, if you have, a, because it was a political flip at the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, because it's a liberal activist court, they flipped it and read the opinion and all that. But my question is this to the Supreme Court. If you're held hostage by your vote, in other words, you can't replace the people that, um, that are holding you hostage. And I don't know if that's the right term or not. But if we can't get out of this by voting these people out of office, then what are we to do? We're going to be locked in forever. The Republican legislature really needs to be taken out. Key people in there need to be voted out. And this needs to be changed. When it looked like we were going to win in January, or actually last year, you know, we called legislators and we said, look, pass a constitutional amendment, get ready to go. So that way it's locked in and eliminate Act 77, go back to in-person voting same day mm -hmm. with the exceptions for absentee. 
Well, I know legislatures, state legislatures aren't considered as sexy or as glamorous as the Congress. And a lot of folks take their attention away from that and they focus on Washington, but they are so incredibly important. I know Donald Trump recognizes your efforts and the value that you brought to the table. You've had uh, conversations with him in a special meeting at uh, Trump Tower. And uh, there you are to the left of uh, President Trump. And uh, he appreciates the value. I certainly appreciate the value. I don't care if the mainstream media. Well, I wish they did as well. This is not over, of course. And we so appreciate you, Doug McClinko from Bradford County, a commissioner there in Pennsylvania. Many thanks to be continued. Yeah, can I say one more thing? Sure. Real quick. Real quick. Legislature brushed their hand, said you folks deal with it. The state and the committee levels, Republican Party, they need to be held accountable, Greg. And we're going to work hard to do that. All right. Good luck. Stay in touch. And we'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Elon Musk. See you tomorrow.